0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Um, and besides, we were just commenting off air about the fact that you've been to a wedding, no, no less. And, um, you know, you went hard, Pete, harder than your aging body can um, handle
0: yeah i'm not i'm i'm there there are two parts to this this trip back because i'm in i'm in uh in essex again um firstly i didn't expect meeting you and matt would end up in a crazy night and then to follow that up with a, a wedding like that that's two two nights on the trot is difficult enough but the real killer is uk drinking culture is unmatched americans <laughs> just don't do it the same and it's it's an affront for a Brit, for a British person to see you holding a, a glass of water, it's just beer after beer after beer, and I, I, I'm out of, I'm you know, I'm in the MLS, I'm not in the Premier League anymore, I, I can't, I can't handle it in the same way, so I am, I am on the struggle bus, but committed to the Arsenal opinion cause, uh, I, I think we've got lots to talk about today. We have, uh, so and I think even then, be a good one.
1: even then, on the English drinking culture, you know a. I... A culture which is famed for saying,s like, "Eating's cheating," you know. Well, no, actually, eating's <laughs> what keeps us alive. You know, what I mean, it's where we get our nutrition from. And but at the end of the day, people are like, "No, if you're taking care of yourself, you're not committed to this night and this cause, which is destruction of oneself." So you know, uh, it's we've all been there. We've all been there. And and as you get older, I think you start to realize that this chaos that we used to live in is something that, you know, I used to, I used to bathe in the flames, quite frankly, nights out, two nights and the bounce. Oh, right. Work the next day. Not a problem. Stinking of booze. Great. Let's go. Now. Oh, just don't want to know about it. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm about Netflix. I'm about Netflix and glasses of wine. That's what I do these days. And I'm more, but I am, i tell you what, I am susceptible to getting charged up after big football results mirror, mine, mirror mine. You
0: twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am joined by Johnny Cochran, uh, who I've now met in the flesh. Uh, so I feel like our bond is 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 even deeper than it was before. Johnny. How does it feel to to be, uh, how does it feel post meeting up, meeting men off the internet?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, new world order and stuff. And at the end of the day, it's nice to know that you are not a hologram. You know, someone has concocted you based loosely on the character Gareth Keenan at the office and, you know, fleshed on some <laughs> Arsenal support, <laughs> Arsenal supporting, you know, personality. But no, you're a real person. You are. About the same height as me, because that was one of the only things we said. Like, I do Thunder. know what you look like. I know how you sound. I know your, you know, your, your candor, if you like. But I didn't know how tall you were. Very hard to gauge when um, only, you know, conversing via webcam. So, yeah, it, w- it was lovely to kind of formalise it in real life. You know, too too many relationships are spent strictly online these days. And there are there's plenty of room for real life interaction.
0: And it it was it it was like a, a quite a, a bad start to the mandate. We got refused from two pubs uh because we didn't have Arsenal tickets. We we tried the Do you know who we are? No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> tried the There's ten years worth of Instagram pictures of, of Arsenal. Work? No, nope. they need to see the tickets. What a joke! I
1: thought the Tollington
0: was the YouTube pub.
1: It it was scandalous. To be honest, I. I have had that before in the past. Now, anyone who doesn't get to games much as well, you know, around in and around the Emirates, the pubs do operate a little bit of a strict policy. You've got to be showing tickets or at least wearing colors. We both established, we would rarely wear a kit if ever to the stadium. It just doesn't get done. Some people do. That's up to them. I'm not going to slag them off, but ain't the way I roll anyway. Um, I rarely have the tickets on me because I'm often going with the person who has the tickets that then give them to me. So it's a very annoying thing. Now, I understand that sometimes when you're playing particular clubs, they will be a little bit more strict. I.e., I've done this before when I've gone to the West Ham game. And I know they're like, absolutely not. If you are not showing me a ticket or you're in colours, you're not coming in. And I get it because West Ham can be a bit tasty. It can kick off if you're the wrong supporter in the wrong pub when you're playing West Ham. There could be a right on your hands. They've got to be strict. At the end of the day, listen to me, listen to you. Do we sound like we're from wolves? Absolutely not. We've got too much swag for that. Way too much swag for that. You should have been out to see on the on the wall cup. But they they wanted to, you know, they wanted to puff their chest out and turn us away. But it was a delight to watch you go to your Twitter profile and go, Look, look, I run that. <laughs> I run that profile. And they just weren't having it, Pete. They didn't respect the grove. And that is a travesty. He was like, any, anyone anyone
0: can, uh, can make up a Twitter account. I was like, it's, it's an Arsenal Twitter account. It's got 80,000 followers about Arsenal. He said, you, you, there's some ruse for, that I set up just so I could get into Arsenal pubs. And two of us, two of us have a tear up in an Arsenal pub. Could you imagine going into any Arsenal pub? Just two people dressed quite... Dressed quite nicely, just to go and beat up fifty Arsenal fans—unbelievable.
1: But I mean, they maybe they thought we were like kill Bill, ready to happen. You know, just to walk in there and start going, "Come on, the Wolves!" But there you go, it didn't happen. They're lost because we were in there, by the end of the night anyway. And I made we were. smirked at that bounce on the way and going, "See, yeah." And we got the May- uh,
0: maybe, maybe we just reek of violence. <laughs> maybe, they were, maybe they were scared maybe they were scared um all right so uh it was it was great meet up matt can't be on it but we did uh matt, matt actually got the uh actually got the tickets i've got uh my 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 niece has just walked in the room she's shocked that i'm talking to a laptop hey coco um let's hope that she doesn't inter- interfere too much uh and now she's closed the door so she's actually locked herself in the door with me and um, this is uh happening live uh, so let's let's just be professional and crack on with it. So, Johnny, um, Wolves, an absolute, an absolute masterpiece of an evening. Uh, give Come in with your hottest takes.
1: Well, I mean, it's been a couple of days, so the temperature may have turned down a little bit on the hottest of takes. But I think I'm going to try and encapsulate my, my initial feeling in the ground in that moment. Um, and I'm going to put it like this. First of all, top four. Absolutely in our hands. I don't want to go too over the top, but I actually think top three is within play now as well. But I want to initially pick out a few kind of key performers and key people that we're no doubt going to talk about a little bit more in detail as the uh, as the uh, pod goes on. But um, Thomas Party, I thought, was excellent in the game and he grew into his role. And I can't remember who it was, one of our um, loyal listeners who tweeted about it this week and said, they think that Thomas Party would get a lot more respect for his performances if he'd stop shooting wildly all the time, because that's the headline-grabbing uh, moment sometimes when you're just constantly seeing this guy blazing over from 30 yards all the time, and it's just like, mate, get get a grip. Your shooting is so bad, but that's the bad part of his game. There is so much to be to to admire. He took control of the game when we needed him. So comfortable on the ball. I love the fact that every time he receives the ball, he's turning away from danger. He's got a great eye for a pass. Um, but he wasn't the only one who was instrumental in the way that we turned that game around. A very, very key game for us. And you've got to look at a certain guy that you have been more than uh, championing lately. And I, I think that we will have a, a, a tete-a-tete over this person. Um, but Eddie Nketiah, props to the man. When he came on, he did some damage and yes, I do think he's league one Eddie. I do think, well, championship Eddie. I think that's kind of his level, maybe bottom of the prem, but well done. Well done um, for coming on really injecting energy and enthusiasm. And it was absolutely, you know, integral in turning it around. Um, You know, I I think that it was not only infectious, his energy, but Wolves, uh, when they were tiring, couldn't live with that hounding and harassment. I think, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Pepe, who I think we really need to focus on him. Um, And I I mentioned it at the game, that I think that Pepe in some ways is a bit of an antidote to Martinelli. He offers, he's the inverse, it's yin and yang, where, you know, as much as Martinelli um, is infectious with his energy and he he can be very eye-catching with um, how he is so energetic with the way that he sets about his tasks... Some of it is empty calories at the end of the day. He he looks hungry, but we need goals. And in games like that, when Gabriel's had a hor- horrendous mistake at the start and we got to find those goals, just hounding people is not quite enough. And at times, Martinelli, it's like, I really love the guy, but you have to score. You're going to have to score. You can't go six, seven games without goals if we've got a striker up front who is so profligate at times. But that leads me onto him. Uh, Oh, sorry, I will just say on that point, whereas Pepe, for instance, is someone who uh, conversely doesn't really, you know, get your hair standing up on end with regards to the way he sets about his game. But in big moments, he is a finisher. He's a class finisher. He, um, He can keep his cool in those moments. And that is what we will definitely need. So I definitely think we'll need to have a little bit of a closer look at Pepe, but also got to end on the man of the moment in many respects for my money, and that is Lacazette. Um, He is leading by example. Captain's performance. um, In a big moment, he missed some big chances, but ultimately, I thought he was working tirelessly throughout the game, doing what Lacazette does with his link-up play, and in the biggest of moments, right at the end, we needed a goal. He managed to find a way to tuck that away, and it was sensational and sent the stadium into absolute sheer jubilation. It was wonderful to watch.
0: Whoa. There were many hot takes in that one, Johnny. Um, uh, I, I think I, I'm going to just land on the moment. Um, uh, my hottest take is the moment. I think that sometimes, um, so- sometimes the measure of a win is how it happens. And, um, you know, it, it, that was a test of Arsenal fans courage, uh, and, you know, willingness to, to back the team. You know, I've just watched Leeds get booed off the pitch. Um, a little bit earlier and we've seen a lot of that from other fans this season but our fans stepped up that was a tough game you know me, you and Matt sitting in the stands um, you could you could taste uh, you could taste the, the the tension in the air it was um, it, it was it, it was interesting and uh, to to be one goal down I don't think Arteta has come back from being a goal down in his entire career at Arsenal so I think there was a little bit of nervousness but the team just kept on going and going and going and um, the subs were perfection. Um, the players that we wanted to see, uh, lead, led. Uh, Lacazette uh, was at you know he, he wasn't at his best in front of goal, but he he never stops. He just keeps on going and going and going. I thought Erdegard, uh was absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know the when the conversation after the game seems to consistently be, how did we get this guy for thirty five million? How high is the ceiling? Um, you know that you've had a massive summer win. And that, you know, and that, that makes Arsenal, it's like Arsenal of old used to do that, pick up bargains from around Europe the big clubs didn't want. And I think he seems to be one of them. And then um and then taking taking goal, like doing doing big things in 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 high tension moments. Eddie Nketiah, I think, has had a, a bit of unfair criticism, considering he's never really had a run in the side. And I did say this, but he came on, he did some great combinations over the other side of the pitch. And then when he needed to make the decisive pass in a decisive moment, he delivered. And you know the finish from Nico was absolutely exceptional. But uh, fair play for, to Eddie; he doesn't seem to be too phased by you know being called a, a championship striker by half of the Arsenal fan base. Um, and then uh, and then the the goal at the end. Some of the decision making in that build up. Um, it was, it, it, it was just fantastic. I still don't know whether it was an own goal or not. I can't work it out. But um, Lacazette, key to that move, um, and Arsenal getting a win in the 95th minute. And those extra two minutes came from Wolves time-wasting and cheating. So it was extra special. And, you know, we said in the last podcast, it's basically, you know, it's, we're on a run of 14, 15 cup finals. And that felt like a cup final day out. Uh, you know, we, we left we left after. Fans were singing in the streets, dancing around. We went into the pub. Everybody waited for the cars to drive past. It was a special moment, you know, like if this season goes the way that we want, you won't forget that night because I felt like it was the night where Arteta fully onboarded everybody into the project. That was character. That was, um, you know, a highly coached team. That was everybody stepping up when they needed to uh that was coming down from a bit of early drama. It was the full the full gamut of emotions. So uh I, I'm 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 over the moon. I'm still absolutely ruined from uh from from the festivities after. But uh it, it was it was a special day. Like that was a that was a ticket well worth the uh the entrance fee. So um I wanna I want to talk about the the early error as our first topic today because there was a big early error. Um but there there were a few very tense moments early on you know there was a, a couple of errors yeah you know, it felt like it felt like Ramsdale was a little bit nervous um and it felt like the whole defense wasn't really vibing early on and the mistake the, the mistake wasn't out of the blue um you know I think we'd seen a we would seen a disallowed goal we'd seen a few errors what did you make of that moment is that just um the nervousness associated with the occasion and inexperienced players or You know, can we read any further into it? Or do you think the response after tells you all you need to know about that Arsenal defence?
1: I I think those um, points are not mutually exclusive. I think both points can exist in the sense that I think it was early nerves. Um, I think the players knew what the occasion was and they were shaky and they, uh, and they were wearing the, they were playing the occasion. However, what is the most redeeming point of note to come out of it is by the end, they found a way to gut it out. So to to, to talk more in depth on that point, you know, Gabriel, I was literally, you know, it was a, i I can't say commentator's curse, but because I was in the ground just talking to you guys, but I was like, Gabriel is imperious, isn't he? He looks so strong. And, you know, when you watch him play in the flesh, he's an absolute athlete and a specimen. And he 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 has that intense intensity, um, as a centre-half that perhaps we've probably not seen since the likes of Kolo Toure or or, or Asol Campbell, where he is up against any striker that you like and he will physically match them. And it's lovely. Even Laurent Koscielny, at his best, had the recovery pace but could get knocked around at times. Gabriel, you just don't see it. However, I don't want to kind of read too far into it. Every player has a ricket in them at, at, at some point. They do. Um, but what I'd like to see is that you know these little brain fart moments from Gabriel continue to become uh, more and more infrequent because he had obviously the poor bit, bit of poor judgment where he got sent off um, a couple of months back, and then you're looking at this game where you know that it's just poor play from him. It really is. And but at the end of the day, again, I think that he got kind of caught up in the moment. Uh, but as you say as well if everyone around him was on it um perhaps you know they'd help him through those moments but it was spreading it was infectious but i think that the whole team seemed to be a little bit hesitant and wolves to be fair to them set about us with you know great vigor they they were on it in the first i'd say half an hour it looked like there was only one team that genuinely was coming out there to win and we, we looked a bit a bit startled and what actually happened throughout the game is we grew into it and some of our bigger players this is when I when I talk about um, you know the likes of Thomas Party, who I didn't think was playing shocking at the start by any stretch, but he wasn't taking the game by the scruff of the neck. When he came out for the second half, everything changed, and he was literally like, "No, I, I'm running things now." Erdegaard, I thought was our best performer in, this, in the first half, and you know, of course, I didn't want to overlook him in the in the initial preamble or in the hottest takes, if you like. It's just that I think. It's becoming such a regular occurrence now that we talk about Erdogan. The guy is looking absolutely... He's a Rolls Royce. He's so good, and I love how you know I've, I've made that comparison. You know, the Fabregard thing uh, on a number of uh, occasions now. But the way that Sesk used to slow the game down, or and and that was like a, a um, kind of a, a, a kind of um, it's a, a perception for someone who's viewing it that it's being slowed down. But it's actually because he's so quick in his brain to do things that it makes it seem like everything else is going slow around him. But he he is looking like the absolute real deal and it's a delight to watch him play. And I think that the players around him are really benefiting from that as well. But, you know, are, is it worth dwelling on the fact that we came out flat, um, which, you know, they had plenty of time to get this right and we knew heading into this game that, With the Tottenham result, this was a massive opportunity for us to really take a stranglehold over, you know, our our fate and fortune this year. And it looked like we were a little bit, you know, stumbling into that opportunity and a bit uh, like scared of the moment. However, what is so exciting is that we found a way to get it done. And all of the great teams, certainly all the great Arsenal teams, but all of the great teams, you can't be at your best all the time. But if you can find a way to gut it out, and I tell you what, I don't want to overplay it, but these last-minute winners, they are dynasty-defining. You know, we we talk about the likes of Man United, you know, and that horrible United team under Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, with Beckham and Skulls and gigs, and they just always get last-minute winners. And then we caught that bug in our glory years as well, where – We were never out of the game. In the last minutes, we would polish teams off because we were that good. And this is a very nice habit to fall fall into because all wins are not built the same. And sometimes if you can go through the storm and come out the other side and still win against a very legit opponent, it's going to do no end of confidence for you when you move into playing other teams like Brentford, who might be low on confidence at the moment. And we've got every bit of momentum you know, every bit of wind in ourselves to crack on and achieve our goals this year.
0: Yeah. um, And we, we did start, it it did feel a little bit flat to begin with, but I do do think that we're going to have games like that. And I think that, you know, we'll look to Manchester city and Liverpool and what they're doing at the moment. But like, you know, that didn't happen overnight and it certainly happened with a lot more investment than, than we've had at Arsenal. So I think, um, I think it, the, your, your point about finding a way, even when you start f- in a flat way is, is the point. And I think maybe in seasons gone past or, you know, certainly, certainly last season, we wouldn't have found a way back into that game. And, um, you know, the, the, error would have, the error would have led to more errors or less focus or, you know, it kind of felt like last season, the team would give up a little bit. Um, like be a victim. I think it was in the, the last time we, we played them away. And David Luiz got sent off, and we'd had a brilliant first half, and there wasn't that fight, Um, and, and we lost the game. So I'm not too worried about the the error. I do get a little bit worried about Ramsdale sometimes. I I, th- I think he I, it, he is a he's a real confidence player, and when he when he when he starts badly, it's almost like you know, If his first couple of passes aren't quite right, he gets a little bit fried. And I think he makes, I think he can make the defense a little bit nervous, but he grew with the game as well. So I can't, we can't be too critical, but um, it added to the flavor of the game. You know, this is still the youngest team in the Premier League. They're still getting their top four challenge in IP and adding a, you know, a comeback in a home game like that. You know, not only does that help with the experience, but when you get a taste for doing things like that, the great Man United teams, they got a taste for it. And other teams started to fear what was going to happen in Fergie time. And I'd love, you know, I think the best teams in the world have last minute winners in them. You know, the last 10 minutes, you're fitter, you're more experienced and you're more, you're more confident. And that's maybe, that's got to be part of our evolution moving forward because you're not going to, you're not going to fly out the traps every game. And I think next season, if we are in Europe, there's going to be sluggish games on a Saturday or a Sunday because you're a little bit. Fatigued, and then you've got to find that little bit extra. But um, a magnificent, uh, a magnificent end to the game. And I'm, I, I and I thought the interesting thing, Johnny, as well. We were we were sitting in uh, in row five, and I've never sat I've never sat that low at the Emirates before. And you could hear the players. And after G- Gabriel made that mistake, Jacker was at him. At him all that first half, trying to pick him up, make sure that you know he didn't get too down. Um, but it's it's really interesting listening to those players all hold each other accountable um, if they're making errors or they don't look like they're switched on. Uh, and I'd, I'd never I'd never seen that before. So it was quite it's quite interesting listening to the the communication go on um, in and around. Um, so uh, let's let's talk about the next thing because you know I got I got to I, I got the full Johnny experience listening to you uh go through an emotional roller coaster of things you liked and didn't like but i think one of your uh one of your go to points over the 90 minutes um arsenal totally dominated uh that wolves side but there wasn't there wasn't an there wasn't a proper outlet or there were there were outlets but in small sections of the game i think arsenal had 26 attempts uh five on target domination without teeth feels like a bit of an ongoing theme here is is it is it even worth talking about this point because we we know we are what we are at this point there wasn't a striker there wasn't somebody that we could get in but we're getting through it so 2-0 against Wolves and uh, I don't think any big team has done the double over Wolves this season is fantastic Wolves defend really well is the, should we look more towards the chance creation than worry about the fact that Lacazette is not going to be the striker that we need him to be?
1: No, no, we do need to talk about it. We do need to think about it, um, you know, as a community, as a club. Um, and we need to know that we are trying to address, because this this basically will be, how we tackle this issue will determine whether we achieve our goals or not. Because we know now, defensively, we are sound enough. There are issues at the back in, this, in the form of the fact that our starting right back is injured and, and we don't know when he's coming back, but the deputy has come in has done quite well to be fair to him. So, you know, we're, we're not in a situation where it's the biggest issue that's going to stop us is not going to be defensively, but we do need to score goals. We've got to win games and this is going to be a repeated problem as we push forward. The fact is, is I'm not going to come out here and be completely doom and gloom about it. Evidently, we found a way to get the goals that we needed, but it was... If we hadn't have scored those goals, of course we're going to come away and uh, and look at that game and say, well, we've gutted out a win against Wolves at their ground. You know, when things haven't gone our way, you know, decisions have gone really, have been really harsh on us and we still managed to get it. And yet we've gifted them, you know, a kind of equalising result. And the only reason that would have been is because we didn't have enough threat up front because we would... After their initial early period, when I thought Wolves were on top for, say, you know, 20, 30 minutes, we just took over the game. And we it's not like Wolves carried no threat, but we were completely in control. And that will be a scenario that plays out in other games, because what we're going to find is it's different. Wolves, we know what Wolves are about. They might be close to us. In the table and, and and a good team. Let's hold our hands up there. They are a they're a great team. team. They're a really it's really good team. Very resolute at the back, you know, and hard to break down. The worst thing that could happen is going one 0 down to them early on because you know that they're going to drop deep. And obviously Tottenham got the work put on them when they <clears throat> went to Tottenham's ground a couple of weeks ago. It's lovely to see, you know. But yeah. we will find teams that are not as good as Wolves coming into the Emirates and saying, right, well we're not going to come out. We're going to sit deep, and we have to know we have to have confidence that we can find ways to score goals against them. And, you know, one of the ways that you can combat that is having people who might be able to shoot from 25, 30 yards. But Thomas Party is <laughs> making everyone rest assured that they don't need to rush out to charge this guy down. But this is why I'm starting to move on to the... Um, and again, I, I don't want to sound too doom and gloom because the facts of the matter, are oh, we found a way. And how we found a way is one of the reasons that I'm more... Optimistic, if you like. Now, I do think that we gotta we gotta focus a little bit on Pepe. Now, the fact is is these are things that we've discussed in 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 past uh, pods and over recent weeks. Pepe was at the African Nations. By all rights, he had a pretty decent one, and we all wondered whether that might give him a bit of confidence that he could come back. Also, when we look at the lack of signings coming in, particularly in you know with our dearth of attacking options, um, you know whether Arteta had a plan in-house for finding the solution to, you know, our striking woes and whether that would be Martinelli or indeed Pepe, who's been kind of, a, you know, a B-track for um, the way that people have looked for potential internal solutions. But now Pepe's back. I think that, listen, we know where Pepe's shortcomings are. There's no point in me going on about them. There are issues there. He's not the complete player, but he definitely, definitely provides something. And I, I, Love watching Martinelli go out there. But one of the things that Arteta has done, and I think that not only myself, but other fans are starting to get on board with, is that if he plays the hot hand, if you're doing well, then you're going to get an opportunity. Obviously, the only reason Smith Rowe was out, I believe he had COVID. He was, he was certainly an injury rather than fun thing. Hence why he wasn't in the squad. Um, but I'd like to see Smith Rowe in there. He looks like he carries a threat. But also, Pepe does need to get given a chance now. Um, and... Whether that be particularly in those games where we're going to face you know, um, stubborn defenses who don't really want to come out, they want to sit deep, then Pepe, at least, I feel, is more likely if you give him a chance to finish. Whereas Martinelli still is a bit like he snatches at things, um, and he's not you, you can't rely on him as much to get goals. I think Saka is still going to start one way or the other, but I definitely think that we shouldn't be wedded to certain players playing. We have to be getting players in who can finish when they're being given the opportunity because Lacazette is, needs five chances to finish a lot of the time. So we are going to have to get goals from other sources. And I think that we can get them. Um, and I think that the next game is incredibly important. that We win. But apart from that, you know, when Liverpool come to town, it, as long as we beat Brentford, it's going to be one of them games where we've got the money in the bank. If we do lose, as long as it's not like a a crushing morale you know kind of loss it will be one where we're still on track to get the job done but we are going to have to score goals against a team like Brentford and therefore I think that Pepe as well as someone like a Martinelli but you know and, and a Smith Rowe they're all going to be needed and it's going to have to be um you know this 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 need for goals is going to have to be done by you know by community rather than looking to one person to do it all on his own.
0: And I think that that's that, that that's the point with Arteta. He's I don't think he's particularly uh, generous with his squad rotation. Um, you know, if you if you take if you if you want to play Pepe, you're going to play him on the right, and then does that mean that you're going to drop Saka? Um, but I think when you've got when you've got a bit of a crunch fixture list coming up, and you're playing Watford after the break, and Pepe is in form, you know, we've we've seen him do well at AFCOM. Saw him do well in twenty minutes that he was given against Wolves. Then maybe that is an opportunity to give somebody else uh, a bit of a go and preserve some of the energy of, of Saka for a more technical team that's going to ask more questions of him, like Liverpool uh, or maybe even Aston Villa. So, um, I, I, I think the the key, the key for me is that we are in a position of domination now. I don't uh, to, to dominate Wolves in that way. Considering their defensive record this season is as you would say no joke and the 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 thing that is missing is a, a clinical wedge, but also it's like scoring two goals against wolves with the the second or third best defense in the league is a pretty that's an achievement you know not 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 many people are scoring two goals against wolves this season so i'm um i I think that there's a lot of people that are waiting for Arsenal to exit a game with a nil so they can say, we fucked it up. But, you know, since Christmas, third, no, since Oba was dropped, third most goals in the Premier League, there's a lot of different people scoring them. And I think we, we just need everybody to to step up over these last 13 games. Martin Odegaard gets in enough good positions to score goals. And, you know, quite often he's, he's, he's strike technique is not where it should be. Um, we need to see Martinelli actually put the ball in the net. But then I think we've got... Uh, we do have an interesting option with Smith Rowe coming back into the side because maybe Smith Rowe drifting in as a nine could be an option because if we know anything about Smith Rowe this season, it's the he's incredibly clinical off of the, the limited amount of shots that he does attempt. So there's, there's goals in the system. We just got to hope that they don't run out. But um, again you know like everybody's waiting to say that the january transfer window was terrible so far it looks like it's going to be one of the best um, so we've just got to carry that through and and hopefully Watford you know the, the next run of games is easier than the run of games that we've just had in my opinion like wolves brentford wolves is is a is a tough run i think wolves are uh, you know a very fit side technically gifted um with a with a really really good manager brentford I mean, it doesn't look tough now, but I think just knowing what happened at the start of the season, it had some baggage attached to it. But I think the next batch of games feel quite winnable. And then maybe we can do something against Liverpool. Um, so I do, I do want to move into um, the slideshow section. Uh, can I,
1: can of- I just say on the, on the back of that, Pete, before we go to it as well, um, um, thanks for pointing out, yeah, it's Watford next. I keep saying Brentford, but obviously uh, we've got Watford. And, they, and that's a vet. We have to beat Watford. I mean, there's no question about it. But... You made a point which I, I kind of I, I was meant to make myself, but um I wanted to push a bit further. The fact is, is that what was happening before is the way that we were set up looked like there was a dearth of opportunities, you know, coming out of the way that we were set up. It looked like players didn't really know what we were doing. So we we weren't creating loads of chances, and therefore there was even more importance on taking the odd view that we were getting. Whereas now I think that. Smith Rowe would be my first choice in there as of right now, and I've really been impressed with Martinelli overall, but we're in a strict business situation with him now. You have to score goals and impact the game, or you can't start for us, because of the way we're currently set up. And I think that because we are creating opportunities now, that's why Pepe has much more of a potential role to play in this running, because there will be chances for him to finish and if it means that he doesn't do that much, but a couple of chances fall to him and he actually finishes them, then there is a place for him in this team because we don't need you to score five goals every week. If you take one or two chances every week from that you're being given and maybe hooked after 70, that would be enough because we're not conceding loads at the other end. And so that's why I think that Smith Rowe might be the first choice out of those two, but Pepe might be a solution in this in the final running as well.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the only, my only I don't know my only thing with Pepe is that we, you know we've been here before um, w- with him. It's like like is 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 that are we really going to see a different Pepe? He's a great impact sub, uh, you know. When people are tired, and he'll run at you, and he, you know he'll shoot from anywhere, um, and I, he sh- he should be a great option against Watford. But I just feel like Arteta because we are in the business end of the season, and he sees him week in week out. I just feel that he doesn't really truly rate him outside of an impact sub, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see going into um, the next game, but fair play like Pepe put himself, um, put himself in the mixer for selection. And and that's, that's all you can ask. So I did want to go through. We've got a little slideshow coming up. If you're uh, listening here, Um, I think we should go. uh, Let's go to the table right now. So Arsenal, as it stands, uh, we're in fifth place. Um, We're on 45 points. Uh, we are one point behind Man United. They're playing um, uh, another game today. So nil, they'll, nil they'll the played three Nil-nil against Watford. Um, they'll have played three games um, a- ahead of us. Uh, Johnny, this this table is looking pretty sexy for Arsenal at the moment. We've got uh, a- a- the-, the reality for us is if we win our three games in hand, third is in play. Third is in our hands, technically. Don't want to say it, but third is in our hands. Do you think that this is realistic to be looking at that position with Chelsea in the Champions League? What do you think?
1: I definitely do. And I think that we should set out... You know the old adage, you know, aim for the moon and you'll land in the stars, you know, that kind of thing. Like, at yes. the end of the day, um, we should be looking at Chelsea saying these guys, they, they don't look impressive. You know what I mean? They're skanking wins. Last-minute winners from Ziyech, who looks like the only guy who's on it. Lukaku, completely out of sorts. Um, they, we'll have to play them sooner rather than later. They will drop more points. And if we beat them, then it's going to be absolutely on unlike on Donkey Kong. 100%. And I do think that we shouldn't be... You know, it's all about mentality with this. And And one thing that's going to benefit us is not being in other competitions. We have a sole focus on this league, which you know, gives us no excuses when it comes to fatigue as far as I'm concerned. But also, you know, <clears throat> when, when we set about our task, because it is about mentality, particularly for a squad of players who have been out of, you know, the Champions League for a number of years. Some of them never even played in it, you know, um, and they haven't been able to get over the line. So I think that they should be getting their head down and aiming for as high up as they can. We know that the top two teams are out of sight and they are demonstrably better than us. Um, but Chelsea don't feel like they are. Chelsea look like they've got their own problems inherent in the way that their squad's built. I don't think it's just a bit of bad form. I think that they have issues with the way that they attack and they look, you know, disjointed. Of course, in a one-off game, they can beat absolutely anyone. They're European champions, for goodness sake. But I think that we should be aiming at Chelsea. And if we come up a bit, a bit short of them, that hopefully will land us in top four at a minimum. Um, I actually think the way things are going, because obviously... As we're recording this, we know that Tottenham have put to bed uh, one of the worst teams in the league by a long way—an awful Leeds team who are going to get spankings off everyone now. Um, but I, you know, I do think that might be a um, a bit of a red herring because Tottenham do have endemic issues in in their squad. I don't think that they're one good result away from turning it around, and I think they've got a hot head manager. Which is just lovely to watch, you know. He's is like a nuclear reactor, constantly on the edge of a, a meltdown. You know, it's a it's uh, a full on meltdown, full on meltdown. Beautiful. It, it, it's 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 lovely to watch. Really lovely to watch. Um, and you know, I do think that one way or another, our biggest threat, and I don't rate these guys at all, but our biggest threat will be Man United because they have a, ha- a habit of skanking wins and getting referee decisions go their way because of the club, because of, you know, the, the status of the club. Um, and we know that I think, you know, when referees are given their jobs, they have to swear an oath to protect the honour of Man United and give them all, every opportunity. As we saw the Scott McTominay incident, uh, you know, against Leeds, where he's basically head-butted someone and doesn't even get a card, whereas we're getting sent off for 2,000, the same patches of play. It's, it's bonkers. But I do think that Man United... You know, they certainly have world-class players. I think Fernandes is starting to recapture his form and and be the difference. And that is why, you know, draws aren't going to get it done for us because Man United will skank as they go along. But we, you know, need to keep putting the pressure on with wins. But right now, if we can rack up those wins, we've got Leicester coming up at home as well, who are another team in disarray. And if we can put those to to the sword, then we, you know, you look at it, we win our two games in hand over United and suddenly with five points clear of them we're looking at that Liverpool game at home with you know without as many beads of sweat running down the head so it's absolutely in our hands but those must win games for us <laughs> clues in the name they're absolutely must win
0: yeah the I, I'm with you Johnny I think that Man United are definitely the the biggest threat they've got a more experienced squad uh they've got uh you know they've got players that are uh, 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 the peak of their powers um, you know people like Paul Pogba is playing for his free transfer this summer but I do think the interesting thing to consider with Man United uh, I don't think they look very convincing at all I mean they've you know they've still not scored a goal against Watford I'm sure that that will change in the second half I don't think they've been particularly convincing and th- th- there's a lot of uh, a lot of bad rumors coming out of the camper you know about the toxicity that goes on there they're basically having the same sort of problem that Arsenal had they've paid players too much money the young players think they're better than they are and they're not performing. The older players think they're better than they are and they're not performing. But it's, they're, they're still in the mix. You can't rule them out. But they do have a, an absolutely disgusting run coming up. Um, their next run of games, they've got uh, Manchester City uh, next Sunday. They follow that uh, with Antonio Conte's Spurs. Then they've got Atletico Madrid, the, the second leg of their game. Then they've got Liverpool. Then it's United... And then uh, then it's Everton, Norwich uh, and Arsenal. So they, they've got a, a lot... There's a lot of opportunities for them to drop points. I don't think United are going to turn over Liverpool or Manchester City. Um, they, they play Arsenal. And look, I, I, I fancy Arsenal against United. I think, you know, it's about time we start turning over United on a more regular basis. But either way, it, the, the table looks delicious at, at the minute. And, you know, if we want to be top four... We have to show up in these games and there can't be excuses. Um, but I, I think it's going to go right down to the wire. But if, even if it goes right down to the wire, we have to consider this a good season because, you know, our, our players are only going to grow with the team and get better and we're going to get more specialists in. Other clubs look like they're going to have to, you know, Man United is going to have to go through a, a bit of a painful rebuild uh, next season. And I, I do want to talk about the Conte thing because uh, it's gone exactly how I said it would go, uh, but a lot quicker. And I I was thinking about this last night, you know, when when Mikel Arteta picked up the Arsenal job, um, part of the sway of uh, the the people at Arsenal was he loves Arsenal. He always wanted to come back and he's, he's proud to have that Arsenal badge on his shirt. He loved playing for Arsenal under Arsene Wenger and he was desperate to come back because he believed Arsenal needed to be at a higher level. So you've got that respect. And it's almost like when the, when, when the, when you know the club is bigger than you, and you know everything is funneled through. This is the arsenal, and Antonio Conte uh, is just a reputation manager. Couldn't get a job at United. Couldn't got. A, couldn't get a job anywhere else in Europe. Has said negative things about Spurs in the past. Refused them in the summer because he thought the project was a joke. And then the, you give the job to someone who has no respect for your institution. It, it, if anything, he feels like he's soiling his own reputation a little bit, and he's playing it out. Everything that he should be saying to his backroom staff, he's saying in the media, and it is it's it's unbelievable. It's beautiful, but and they deserve it. But Daniel Levy has got this one so so wrong, um, and it's and it's been an absolute joy to watch. I mean, they're, they're still they're still going to be in the mixer for top four. They've got a lot of good players, and Harry Kane seems to have found a bit of form heading into the shop window this summer. But um, I think Arsenal Arsenal feel like they've got um, a settled squad, a settled idea of how they want to play. And the momentum is with us at the moment. We've just got to make every game count like a cup final.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, I think that it, it, it's interesting. You know, I do think that overall, and I know that there are some people who have been hanging on to their kind of anti-Arteta stance. And, you know, I've been there myself. So I, I haven't been kind of hounding these people too much. I think that everyone is entitled to their own perspective. And some people, you know... When we talked about, you know, no longer trust the process, trust the progress, for me, it's like it's still subjective and some people needed more convincing. But at this stage, if I'm honest, if you can't see that we have progressed, I don't really know what you're watching anymore because this, this is it. This is what I wanted to see in in crunch games, big games. And and, and let's be clear, Pete, you know, at, I do feel like sometimes you build in a little bit of a, Excuse if things go wrong. And I don't, I'm not building that in. We have to deliver this season because if we deliver this season, we will have have proof that what we're doing is the right thing. If we bottle it, then actually a lot of those questions just start to bubble up again. And it's like when the, you know, when the rubber meets the road, the really difficult points, are we just going to capitulate? And have we actually made those changes in culture that we think we have? Or was it just fool's gold? And what we see in games like this against Wolves, big, big opponent, good opponent, who are, you know, it's a six-pointer, let's get realistic. In a crunch moment, we're 1-0 down, what, 20 minutes to go. And for us to turn that around and win, these are the kinds of results that change not only the fans' uh, mentality, but also the players. They start to believe that actually we are good. And what I want to see is, you hinted at it, but when we do play Man United. I'm sorry, I'm not having another shit getting rolled over, skanky little Ronaldo getting shit goals and players bottle it. I'm not having that. We've got to show that we have turned a corner because I think we're perfectly set up to to take hold of this. And if we are where I think we are and that we have made those serious you know, changes, I think that we will be able to get that done. I I don't see how where we are now, unless something... Out of our control happens, i.e., some horrible injuries or whatnot. Um, I don't see how, from where we are now, if we throw this away, we will have been, you know, we would have made as enough of a stride forwards to quiet all the doubters. Whereas if we yeah, do get over the know, line, I think we will.
0: But we are, uh, like you know, the, the online doubters—they're they're so irrelevant this season. They're so irrelevant. They 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 have messed themselves over and over again. Uh, our summer signings were shit. No, they weren't. Uh, not getting Conte was, uh, an, an indictment on our ambition. No, it wasn't. Arteta is shit. No, he's not. Uh, we're now in a situation where, listen, if we don't make top four, that's because the Premier League is really difficult. It doesn't throw doubt. And it doesn't matter that these people that are waiting for us to fail, almost uh, looking for opportunities. You know, I'm reading through some people's Twitter feeds during the game when they're thinking, the, you know, we're going to lose against Wolves and the knives are out during it. It's like, where is your joy? Where is the joy in football? If that's the way that you're thinking about this team. And look, it's going to be, it's, it's it's a difficult run with the least experienced side out of everybody. Um, we're impressing at the moment, but we're still going to have dips. And, you know, Man United have got an extremely ex- uh, expensive squad that they've assembled of outrageous individual talent. And if they, if they pip us, You know, it's 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 a problem, but it doesn't it doesn't then mean well. You know, there's not character, there's not culture. We've seen it all season. There is character and culture. We're at the start of the process, and top six was the objective this season. So if we make top six, then we're on point for the objective. the The fact that top four is even in the mixer right now is a testament to how well things are going. But I don't think um, I don't think we need to worry about the 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 doubters who all pivot left and right. They they're just looking for 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 internet clout to be the first person to say the project is dead. And I don't, I don't think I don't think the wisdom of the internet can can be trusted and and if we don't if we don't make top 4 this season but there is a good fight then we go again next season with uh you know an upgrade on Jacker, uh, an upgrade on Lacazette, maybe a new winger, um and and you know maybe some additional backup pieces. But I don't I don't think the project is wrecked if we don't make top 4 this season. Um, It will be disappointing. But I think, you know, the fact that we're in good shape right now and actually in control, um, you know, says a lot about where we are. And there's not going to be a going back. There can't be a in in three games time. Well, you know, the project is shit like it doesn't it doesn't work like that. There will be ups and downs for the rest of this season with all teams uh, and then we'll see where we land. But I think, you know, we've got the youngest team in the league. Everybody else is coming to the end of a cycle um, and we're in good shape regardless of where the season goes
1: no I, I i agree with that, but you know the scenarios we're talking about is if we get picked by United, I don't think you know anyone could come out and say the project's a disaster that would be silly we've We've seen enough um progress throughout the thing, but if we could it and then you, you say top six, no, I don't accept that. If we finish below spurs, no, I'm not saying that we've moved forward. I'm sorry I think part of what I'm saying to you is there has to be there has to be empirical evidence that we've moved forward. And having good games, good games followed by bad games won't mean anything. We have to be able to say, look at what we have done. And if we capitulate at the end, there is going to be doubt still there. There'll be doubt for me, trust me. But I do think that right now, the reason why, I am i don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we'll get it done. I'm positive about what I'm seeing I'm not going to build in an excuse for like, I can't, I can't sit here and say, oh, I think we're going to get top four. And I think that we're, you know, really turned a corner and then go, but if we do buckle, then it'll be fine. Cause I've seen, no, no, I think that we're actually getting good now, but we have to prove it. And every time that we get results like this, it gives myself encouragement. It gives other fans encouragement. It gives the players encouragement, but we can't ease up now. And we can't go, Hey, guess what? You know what? We've been proved right on a couple of things. Uh And actually, we're getting there. Next year, we'll have a go. No, you know, let's be honest. We're three years into his in, into his reign, and I think that now we're starting to see the benefits of that. And we're starting to see, you know, you you, you talk about Man United. Yeah, they've invested heavily. They've sacked their manager. They've got a new guy in. They got they're in chaos. They've got players who want out. Their world class striker is thirty eight and going to be at a new club next year. Pogba wants out. This is our opportunity. We have to strike while the iron's hot. And I think we can get it done. But there is no, there's no backdoor little, oh, yeah, we're doing well even if we crumble. We have to show now that we won't crumble. And I'm encouraged that we, we will show that because w- there's a new resilience that I haven't seen for a very long time at Arsenal. And that's why I think we can get it done.
0: Yeah, well, we will, we will see. So these, this is the next batch of games that we've got coming up. I think if we, uh, I think we should talk about the next four uh, because that takes us through March. But Watford, it's got to be a win. Um, yeah, it's got to, it's got to be hundred uh, percent. Leicester, I mean, Leicester, is, Leicester, Leicester, are a very capable team that are. Uh, if, if if results stand, Newcastle will be two points behind them. I mean, Brendan Rogers, like you, you, I kind of feel like with Brendan Rogers, that sort of character that he's got, I wonder whether it wears a little bit. You know, he's, he 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 always reminds me a bit of David Brent, and I wonder whether it wears a little bit because it's it's quite quite staggering how bad they've been. Two points behind Newcastle, if, if results stand today. So it would be great. Uh, you know, Arteta normally has, you um, know, he, he normally has a, a good game for for Brendan. Then we have got Liverpool. It would be lovely to get a point. It would be lovely to get a point, and then uh, and then we've got the Aston Villa game, and I would, I am loving the the media went so hard for a loving on Steven Gerrard and so many fans were like oh I really like Steven Gerrard as a manager the form is not looking good for stevie g not looking good for stevie g um, so it would be lovely to get um a, a win a win against his side because i know a few arsenal fans had eyes on steven gerrard as a potential candidate for manager at some point but but it, march march feels like the, the there's there's you know nine points to be had and maybe 10, because then we get into the real business end of the season and there are some tough games. Uh, you know, like Patrick Vieira's Palace, Brighton are always difficult, Southampton are always difficult, United is going to be a huge game, West Ham. I mean, every game in April is, uh, you know, it's a mm. fine margins game against teams that can take you down. So you need to go into that month with a lot of
1: momentum and a buffer. As well, a buffer. And I, I think you're right with your assessment. You know, let's get realistic. Watford hundred percent must win. There's no excuses there. They're another team that are quite dreadful in all honesty. Um, and they do carry a threat on the on the break. Dennis has, you know, been very good for them this year. Josh Keane's got pace and and he's a Premier League level uh, player at least. But you know, so we have to beat them. Leicester, I'm sorry, but whether or not Leicester carry a threat on the break, and they absolutely do. They've still got some good players moving forward. Yuri Tillemans might need to, you know, get used to the Emirates pitch, hopefully next year, um, if we get top four. But they look so vulnerable at the back. And we, this is what I mean about teams, about having players on the field who can take their chances when you get them. When you play Leicester, we're going to get chances. If that means a Smith-Rowe or a Pepe, who you trust to take the chances when they come to them, then that's who need to play in these games. We've got to put, you know, we have to put these teams to the sword early because what is the what is the uh, con, uh, continue, uh, the continuous thread between these teams? When you score against them early, their heads go down. They're all low on confidence, but we have to get those goals and simply dominating possession is not enough. So I think that we are going to have to have, you know, the money in the bank, as it were, when it comes to, Um, you know, our top four challenge. We're going to have to get our points on the board early, I think. Um, Outside of the Liverpool game, all of these games are wins. They have to be wins. And when you can put pressure on a game like, you know, Man United-Tottenham, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, by beating Watford Watford or Leicester at home, which are two must-wins, that's what we're going to need to do because, you know, there's a Tottenham game... Coming up towards the end of the season, which is floating around like the sword of Damocles, we don't need to be going into that game needing to not get beat. We, you know, we need to be going in there knowing even if we got beat, we're still ahead of them. Because I think with the pressure off with these young players, you know, and and someone in the uh, comment section has said, do you think that like, you know the upcoming head-to-head six pointers will put too much pressure on them? I'll be interested on in your point of view on that. Um, but overall, I think if we set about the teams that we should beat with the right intensity, we should have enough um, you know, points on the board already so we don't have as much pressure in those big games and we can play with a handbrake off and then I think Spurs will get that work off us. And, and they need it and United need it. And if they both get it, we're going to get over the line this year.
0: Yeah, I, 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 think, the, I think the players have done incredibly well under the pressure of the season just in general you know like coming back after the losing the first three games of the season and then putting in that massive run uh you know there there is still there's still going to be shocks in the system though and we yeah. have to accept that we are not going to win all the games that we should win and we're not going to lose all the games people think that we should lose um but I think games like Spurs I feel like this I feel like this young team relishes it and also feel like they're very aware of everything that's going on around them you know like Arteta must have had up the celebration comments in the dressing room, because Aaron Ramsdale ran straight over to Neves uh, when we, when we beat them the other night, I feel like this, um, I feel like this team is starting to enjoy, um, enjoy the pressure. They want to show up. And then even after the error against Wolves in the week, um, there was, there was no doubt in the players that they were going to push on. They didn't let the game happen to them. And, you know, they put on a fantastic performance, but you need to see it consistently. And the, the big question that I have is when, um, if another burnley game or another everton game shows up you can't be feeling sorry for yourself bad things happen in football they will happen to us until the end of the season but it's got to be an immediate bounce back it can't yeah. be two or three stuttery games it can't we can't have if we have a january again then we're out of the race for for top 4 and i do think that other important thing that we've got to consider and we're really bad at this with fans there's always the assumption that every other team around us is on, is going to go on a 12-game unbeaten run. <clears throat> it's not happening. It is not happening. There are too many good teams in the Premier League, and Spurs are going to lose games. United are going to lose games. We just have to make sure that we do our very best to win more than them over, over the running. And I think it's, it's you know, we, we're, uh, I think, we're, what are we, 13 games left? We need to find eight wins. We need to find eight wins, and then the top four is most likely going to be ours, so and the, the other thing that we've got to factor, we we don't have Europe to worry about. You know, United have got Atletico Madrid. If they go through against the, if they go through against them, that's another difficult game. Chelsea, um, you know, Thomas Tuchel has really got to be looking at a good European Cup win to make sure that nobody's questioning his job because he's done a shocking, not shocking, not far though. I mean, like you, you expect Thomas Tuchel to elevate Chelsea into the fight for the Premier League and he's nowhere near, you know, he's closer to third place, Uh, sorry, closer to fourth place than he is first. So he'll be under pressure and fully focused on that, on that Champions League game and Liverpool will be focused um, on the Champions League and the league. So it's just, it's going to be a really interesting run in, but I think people have just got to be prepared for some shock results um, along the way, because it's difficult. And this team doesn't matter how well they're doing at the moment. They're not experienced. And um, they're getting better, but they're not experienced. So um, my hope is that the the momentum and the, the the fumes of excitement around we are champions, league level players, and we want to play in it. Hopefully, that carries us through. But it's certainly it's uh, certainly exciting, but, and it's know, exciting to be involved.
1: You know, you know what you're saying there as well. Though I think there's a, I look at it differently. When you say about we've got a lack of experience, we've got a lack of miles on the clock. We've got a lack of mental damage. Where, where, you know, how many times in recent years we've looked at a squad and you've just got a bunch of guys who've got up to the point where they needed to and they bottled it. And there's only so many times you can keep doing that without it between becoming a behavioural thing. And one of the things which has been so encouraging in terms of, you know, getting these players out the squad is it feels like there is a new culture developing because these people are less, you know, scarred by previous incidents. And so I don't, I don't look at it and and see you know the young players as being naive. I see it as a um, a benefit to them that they are they haven't got that damage to uh, to feel like there's going to be you know a recurrence of um, previous failures. I think that they're going to look at it and go you know I don't look at someone like a Martinelli for instance or a Smith Rowe and sit there, sit there thinking that they think that think oh we're gonna we're gonna bottle it towards the end. I think they're just like no we're the nuts. I can't wait to play in the Champions League and that's why. I'm so encouraged by what I'm seeing. I I feel like these are the guys who are dragging us over the line, less so than the players who've kind of been in and around. I mean, look at the club, the the starting players outside of Xhaka and obviously Laka, who is, you know, a necessity at the moment in in his current position. Um, All of the other ones are basically new. And then they don't play like they... You know they've read this story before. They play like they're writing a new book, and that is what I want to see because I'm I'm bored of reading the old ones.
0: I love that. Yeah, the fo- the folly of youth. Uh, I, I remember when I was uh, younger, uh, trying to make a career, and someone said to me, "said your your naivety about how this industry works benefits you because you can just get away with some, you know things that other people can't." And I feel like that that's a a great point that these players almost don't realise the level of what they're doing so early on in their careers that it, it's an advantage because they're not carrying the fears that maybe uh, some of our other players are. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that that, I think that basically covers it off. I did want to talk about one last thing before we go, because I, I, he needs a lot of praise. Okay, uh, can I
1: just say, cause I know we'll go onto this, but just on that final point about the, you know, the, the kind of blessings of youth, if you will look at United at the moment, right? Who I we've both said we believe would be our nearest challengers. They've had to go to Alanga, right? This kid's at the academy. And I've listened, you know, for my own entertainment. I like listening to Andy Tate whine in his in his visceral Mancunian accent, you know. Like, I'm sorry to say it's miser. Like, it's brilliant to watch. If if you if you've got nothing to do, check Andy Tate out on YouTube. Um but basically, all of these fan cams they keep going, I want to see Langer play because the likes of Marcus Rashford, as good a guy as he is, you know, um, the likes of Jesse Lingard and stuff, these are guys who are, have more experience. But after a while, they get into their head, you know, whereas sometimes you get a kid out of the academy, they don't think about what they're doing. The energy is infectious. They just set about it. All of a sudden, this kid who I don't think looks like, a, you know, an outrageous talent, but he's coming in and playing with the right drive and all the United fans are saying, "Drop our you know fifty million pound player here and this player here and play a kid at the academy um we 've got loads of them <laughs> we've got loads of these academy kids that 's what 's driving us forward, and the likes of a who might cost fifty million we 've had to get him out the door because he wasn 't delivering at a level we expect him for. Reputation only goes so far the The exuberance of youth and and the and the desire to make your own reputation." Is what can fuel you to achieve your dreams.
0: Very nice, very nice. I I don't need to add anything to that. I, I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I did want to talk about somebody that is a bit more experienced. Has had a bit of a a, a battering um, from some Arsenal fans. Uh, Thomas Partey. He said he said that he'd just been giving Arsenal four out of tens over Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. Something's clicked. Something's changed. Because I tell you what, Johnny, watching him at eye level the other night was. Uh, Absolute dream. I mean, he's like he's got the grace of a ballerina. He's got the you know the vision of a ten uh, at certain points during the game, and he's always in the right place. Like Thomas Party, Thomas Party is finally the pivot that he, that he wasn't last season. And Arteta's ideas are starting to come to to fruition a bit more because Granite Jacker is not sitting at the base of that midfield now. What's going on with Thomas Party?
1: That is funny. I didn't know you said. I didn't know that he said he's been serving up fours. Serving up fours like a bad golfer. I mean, it's <laughs> just that, that is, that, that's at least he's admitted it, I guess. Cause we can all see it. We're like, fours, put, put a couple of threes in there, Tom. Let's be honest. <laughs> but um, no, look, this guy is now starting to, he's really starting to click into gear. Rolls Royce time. Give me the ball. I'm not scared. You press me. I'm, I'm moving away from you in my first touch all the time. He moves the ball quickly. There's nothing laboured about what he's doing. It's just great to watch. The only thing is the John Jensen shooting. And, and and if we could get rid of that, then, you know, we're talking about someone who's heading back into that world-class category after he'd been serving up, you know, Eddie and Kettier-style performances. There you go, Pete. Oh, yeah, there you go. Right, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't want to drop a grenade like that towards the end of the uh, pod, but there you go. But, no, um, he does look like, I believe... If we get top four, it will be in no small part to Thomas' party returning to the kind of form that we wanted to. Like he will have to continue to deliver these style performances, especially in those crunch games. I'd love to see how we get on against Liverpool because Liverpool uh, need to get something off us sooner or later. Uh, it's not going to be the be all and end all with us getting top four. We, you know, we'll we'll likely lose that game, but they've got away with a few off us. And in big games, the one more than anything, Man United. We've got to give them one. I cannot see them skank a result off. No it's criminal yeah. to watch. And they're not a great team. They have some good players. They're not a great team. We're a better team. We're a better unit. And I'm sick of big players going hiding in those crunch games. Party needs to have a monster game like he did in that game. We all remember up at Old Trafford where he played with Elneny that day. And if he does, I don't think that teams like United, you know, teams that ilk, I don't think they're going to be able to live with us. Um at the end of the day, Wol- Wolves present more of an issue to me than a United in many respects because of how resolute they are defensively when obviously, you know, outside of De Gea having, you know, world-class games Man United, you can get at them. Tottenham, you can get at them. Whereas I think we're much more robust and it's lovely to be heading into a, a dogfight, if you like, where we're suddenly the ones with a sound defensive unit <laughs> and, you know, hoping that we can get the goals rather than the other way around in recent years where we've hoped that we've got a couple of world-class strikers who might be able to score more goals than the other team and often that never ends up to be the case so it's better to be the immovable object than the irresistible force in this one i reckon
0: i agree i agree um everything's clicking at the right time we just got to hope that those players stay fit focused uh, and 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 give it that treat every game like a cup final, like they did because it was uh, it was spectacular to be there. All right, Johnny, I am going to have to call time on this podcast.
1: Where can people find you on the internet? Come come get at me at I Johnny Cochran, um, on all my socials as well. Some of you guys missed out if you don't follow me on Instagram because when I was in the ground with none other than Pedro and man like Matt Candelo, I was actually sticking stuff on my stories and no one was watching it, and so I had to try and do a little soft edit and whack some of it on Twitter. But at the end of the day, it was, I, I'm still high off that game. That was so good. Um, So yeah, come, t- come get me on my socials and we'll talk all things Arsenal. Awesome. And if you are uh, listening to this
0: on podcast, give us a five-star review. Uh, We might be back a little bit earlier than the weekend, might do a little cheeky midweek one uh to talk about some things uh, so that we can keep, keep the momentum going of the podcast um, and if you are watching this we thank you for um, chatting along uh, I will not be this hungover ever again uh, for the rest of the year I'm sorry uh, sorry that you had to see me looking like Gareth Keenan who after a bottle of vodka but that is just how it's been and uh, on that note we'll say goodbye ciao for now